welcome to the Door of Life Church podcast. Our mission is to share the love of Jesus with the world and believers, to teach them how to walk in victory, and to help them find and fulfill God's plan for their life. If you have any comments about today's podcast, please contact us through our website at dooroflife.org. Door of Life Church, where faith meets real life. We're going to go ahead and get started this morning in the book of Philippians. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. He says, not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's, he says a whole lot there. You know, number one, you know, think the great apostle Paul, he says, yeah, well, I haven't arrived. I'm not perfected. I'm growing. I'm learning. In fact, you know, one thing I'm doing, sometimes you might think, gee, if you could sit down with the apostle Paul and say, Paul, what was the key to your success? How did you stay on track? How did you not just start out with that flash of light and excitement for God, but man, you just carried it all the way through to the end. What was your, your key to success? I think this, we'd see it right here. One thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. And man, this is a great reminder for us as we're getting ready to end one year and start another year. There is a forgetting of those things that are behind. But it's not just forgetting and reaching for it. He goes on to say, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God that's in Christ Jesus. The prize of the upward call that's in Christ Jesus. Do you know we're, we're down here living for Jesus and we're not down here to have a big spirituality contest, right? We're not down here to see who can get free from the most things, and the one who gets free from the most things is the winner. Not at all. We're down here with a plan and a purpose for our life. We're down here running for a prize. And there's something wonderful about a prize. You think about Olympic athletes and people who are competing. And, you know, this time of the year with football, you got the Lombardi trophies, the prize. Yeah, there's going to be some injuries, there's hard practices, there's ups and downs, but there's something that can help keep your focus, a prize. A prize can keep you from looking back. There's something about this upward call of God, the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It keeps you looking upward, not backward, upward, reaching. And the Apostle Paul had this. And the reason why he could continue to be the Apostle Paul year in, year out, living for God, is this one thing that he did. And this morning, as we're getting ready to embark on 2024, I want to take a look at this. And this, is, this is the Amplified. I press, I press toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. All right, so we're looking at that this morning, just what we're calling the upward call. All right, we all have this call. 
I don't care what the specific calling on your life is, what part of the body of Christ you are, you know, the good works he's ordained you to walk in, nah, that's all very different, one body, many members. But we all share this call. This is the upward call. This is, this is the call that we all feel the pull on in Christ Jesus. And there's something so beautiful about this upward call, and I think this, the upward call is something you can get really right or you can get really wrong. If you get it wrong, it's going to be condemnation and frustration and, you know, I mean, your flesh doesn't want to live for God. You know, there's, there's, a, there's different things that you've got to see correctly to appreciate and to know the upward call. In other words, for the Apostle Paul, it wasn't just the upward call, it was the prize of the upward call that's in Christ Jesus. Yes, he's answering the call because there's a prize on the other side of that call. And you think about the Apostle Paul, this is a guy who'd been caught up to the third heaven. I mean, he got caught up into heaven itself. And he heard things that weren't lawful to be uttered on the earth. Do you know we only know in part by design? There's one day we're going to know fully, even as we're fully known. But by design, we're only, we're only called to know in part. We see through a glass darkly, dimly, by design. When that which is perfect has come, not when you're so consecrated that you know everything. No, when that which is perfect has come, you're going to walk by faith in parts that you don't know for now. But the Apostle Paul got caught up to the third heaven. He saw things, heard things that were probably outside that part that weren't lawful to speak on the earth. He came back to this earth. He got a glimpse, too, of that prize, the things that were impacting, how we're changing the outcome of eternity by the things we do in the here and now. It's so profound. But the Apostle Paul had an upward call. He sensed that urgency. In fact, there was one time when he's talking to these Philippians, he said, man, I have a desire to depart and be with Christ. He said, but to be here is more needful for you. And I'm convinced that I will be here because if I'm here, that means it's going to be more fruit for the kingdom. Think about that. He saw something in that upward call and yet he said, but I'd rather be here and bear fruit for the kingdom of God. You know, it's pretty astounding to think that the Apostle Paul had that perspective, but there was this upward call perspective. We're going to look at this upward call. We're going to look at how he defined this upward call and how we walk this upward call out. Because again, this is a call that we all have in common. First of all, what he said was forgetting things behind. Did the Apostle Paul have some things to forget? I'm putting two scriptures here together. Again, reiterating, brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. And here's another little account of himself from 1 Timothy. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to start a religion. No, he came into the world to save sinners. That's us who've heard the gospel of whom the Apostle Paul goes on to say, I am chief. However, for this reason, chiefest of sinners, I obtain mercy that in me first Christ Jesus might show all long suffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. In other words, the Apostle Paul said, I'm the chiefest of sinners. 
think, wow, what was he addicted to? What, what was his problem? <laughs> the Apostle Paul, was a chief, you got to think of it, he was a religious Pharisee. His heart, his motivation was the destruction of Jesus Christ in his church. That was his passion in life. Ripping children from their parents, or parents from their children, throwing them in jail, assent, you know, consenting to the first martyr of the church, Stephen. He just wanted to destroy, he wanted to destroy this. This is what he hated more than anything. His prize was the destruction of Christianity. That's what motivated him. That's all he wanted to do. Hated. That was his purpose. Think about that. Your, 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 your goal is to destroy salvation off other people's lives so they can't be saved. Man, Paul said, I was the chiefest. And he said, forgetting those things that are behind. You know, we can think, I know, you, you don't know my past. Well, no matter what your past is, no matter what you've done, it is forgettable. And when we're talking about you know, the, the title of this point was Forgetting Those Things That Are Behind. We're not talking about a finger wagging now. You can't remember that. You got to remember, you got to forget that, you know? Now, the Apostle Paul did say this as an active present tense. He said, he said, forgetting those things that are behind. He didn't say, I've forgotten those things that are behind. He said, forgetting. I'm actively, presently forgetting those things that are behind. I'm sure he may have walked into some towns that you know, he evangelized, that he saw maybe some relatives of people that he helped you know, in prison or even execute. Who knows the residual effect of what he did? I'm sure he had reminders all over the place of his past that he'd bump into that would go, that's who you, that's who you really are. That's who you really are. He, he had to be forgetting those things that were behind. There's always going to be triggers and things that try to bring you back to what you did and try to reignite, re-trigger the shame, re-trigger the guilt. But he said, I'm forgetting. This is the one thing I do. I'm forgetting those things that are behind. Now, the way the things of the Spirit work in this new covenant are so different. You know, if you think of this is the law on this side of the cross, we get saved and we come into a new covenant. And it's a new covenant that's based on better promises. There are things we have over here that they didn't have over there. Over here, they had to just keep the law. Do the good stuff and don't do the bad stuff. And shame on you if you do the bad stuff. And you're just doing your best with willpower to do the right stuff. Over here the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has been unleashed. And now the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus makes us free from the law of sin and death. And so there's a different, there's a different directive over here. Instead of just thou shalt not, the new directive over here is walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. In other words, stop trying to not do the bad stuff and start proactively and intentionally walk in the Spirit. Go after God. Remember who you are in Christ. Set your mind on things. These are the, it's a proactive walk. In other words, if I walk in the Spirit, I won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And this is also true, you know, 
in every different area of your walk with the Lord. Now, um, this is true when it comes to remembering. Now, if, it was, if I was under the law, you would say, don't remember, forget, don't remember that thing. It's wrong to think that. It's wrong to bring that up. It's wrong. Don't, don't, don't remember, don't remember. It's one of those impossible tasks with natural human willpower. That fails over here too. You can't forget the past with a law mentality. You got to come over here and you got to get under New Testament, laws of the Spirit, realities, because they work the same way with forgetting as they do with walking. In other words, in order for me to walk in this, in order, in order for me to not fulfill the lust of the flesh, I got to walk in the Spirit so that I don't walk in the flesh, right? I'm not trying to not walk in the flesh. I'm walking in the Spirit. I'm proactively taking a Spirit. For, why? Because the law, the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus is there. And that's what makes me free from the law of sin and death. I got to go after God to get free from the flesh. It can't just be Ed House versus the flesh. It's got to be Ed House in Christ. That's where I can be free from the law of sin and death. Can't do it on my own. It's the same thing with remembering. This dynamic is the same way too. You don't have the ability mentally any of yourself to just never remember bad things. I mean, that's what the enemy does. Remember, Peter said, your adversary, the devil, goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Well, we know that's not a physical lion. We know that there's powers and principalities. These are suggestions, mental suggestions that roar against your mind. What do they roar? They roar those things that are behind. They roar the past. They roar things that you have you know, either been forgiven of that you've confessed or forgiven other people of. You know, he can stir you up into guilt and shame or he can stir you back up into bitterness. And that's where he'll lie to you right there. And this is, I just really want to hit this forgetting thing because sometimes we have so many unrealistic expectations of what it means to forget, especially as it relates to forgiving and forgiveness. You know, you can... Um, Forgive somebody of something, but then if you see something or something triggers you, whether it's something you see or just a roar and stirs you back up into bitterness, you can come to the conclusion, wow, I guess I never forgave. That's just not true. Just take it in the, in the idea of just in terms of, you know, when we say walking in the flesh, kind of know what we mean by that. That's the bad stuff, all right? Walking in the spirit, that's the good stuff. Since you've been a Christian, have you ever walked in the flesh? Yes, you have. Since walking in the flesh, have you then walked in the Spirit and experienced the difference and the peace and the grace and the forgiveness? But then after that, got back in the flesh again. Yes, we've all been on this roller coaster if you've been saved very long. Here's the question. Were you ever in the Spirit? Yeah, you were. You can genuinely get in the flesh and genuinely get in the Spirit and then genuinely get in the flesh again. That doesn't mean you were never in the Spirit. It's the same tr when it comes to remembering and forgiveness. You can be bitter and you can say, Lord, I forgive even as you've forgiven me. In Jesus' name, I drive the stake. That's forgiven. And go on with a sense of clearness in your heart. Something comes up, 
something reminds you of that thing, and all of a sudden you're stirred up about something you've already forgiven, and you come to the conclusion, I guess I never forgave it. Yes, you did forgive it. It's just a roaring lion and an accuser and a liar. And guess where that accusation comes from? After he stirs you up into an, into an old offense, then he'll turn around and accuse you of unforgiveness. That's his ways. We've got to understand some of the ways the enemy works, to not be ignorant of his devices, the scripture says. So when we're walking in a new year and we're forgetting those things that are behind, what are we doing? We're remembering. We're walking in the Spirit, but we're remembering the goodness of God. In other words, this is how, I love how the psalm puts it. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. There are things we're to forget, and there's things we're to forget not. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. In other words, when I'm having remembrance problems, issues of going to the past and I can't seem to break the remembrance of the past, the way I break that is the same way I break the law of sin and death and walking in the Spirit. I begin to remember, no, God has forgiven me of all my sins. The blood of Jesus Christ, where my sin has abounded, His grace has much more abounded. I'm remembering the promises of God. I'm remembering His forgiveness. Not only that, but I'm remembering something else too. This is kind of what we were ministering on along the lines of this morning. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. Jesus experienced the roars of the enemy too, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Oh, it means I'm remembering I got a throne of grace. I remember I got a place that I can come to. I'm not trying to defeat you know, my ability to not remember the bad stuff by just you know, shame on me. I, I'd thought of something I shouldn't have. I'm, I'm, I'm taking that same spiritual truth and I'm remembering the goodness of God. I'm remembering that I've got a throne of grace. I, I remember there's one who loves me, who's for me. There's a place that I can come boldly and obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. There is a remembrance of that. There was a song that came out recently and. I, I love the way it's worded because I feel like it really hits this point so well. It says, we used to hide from the light. We made friends with the night. We were headed on the wrong way on a one-way track going nowhere fast. We got used to the dark, thought this is who we are. And when you're in these, these places, we figured we were just too far gone, but we were wrong because love came running like a river. We got washed in the water. Then he said, you're forgiven. Your sins are gone. That was then. This is now. You're bought by the blood, saved by the Son that the saints all sing about. That was lost. This is found. It's time to say goodbye to the old you now. So go ahead, put the past in the past. Box it up like an old photograph. You don't have to go back because that was then. This is now. We've been remade by grace. We've all got new names. Nothing we could do could ever change what he did that day. If we turn and confess every unrighteousness, he's faithful and just to forgive. So turn and confess every wrong and regret and see what it means to live. That's really a good word. You know, it's, it's, is there something bothering your conscience? Is there something you haven't gotten right? There's only one thing you can do. Your answer is grace. 
You confess it, you acknowledge it, and you receive the forgiveness. His faithful and just. Why is he faithful? Just. Because it was taken care of at the cross. It's a just thing for God to forgive your sin because Jesus took your place. So we receive forgiveness and cleansing from the unrighteousness, and that's as far as I can go. I can't pay for my own sin. All I can do is receive forgiveness and mercy and grace and to not try to go back and rehash and relive that, those times, those memories. And, that, and the same thing happens here too when it comes to the forgiving other people. In the same way you can't forgive your own sin, you, don't, you have no capacity in your human self to forgive other than the grace of God that was provided for you. In other words, we forgive even as God in Christ has forgiven us. Our, our basis for, for, for forgiving other people is the same basis as God's for forgiving us. It's the same reason. It's the same base. Why does God look at us and forgive us? Because he sees the cross. He sees our sin on the cross. How can, why can I forgive people? I see the same cross. It wasn't just my sin on here. He died for the sins of everyone who ever sinned against me. Because of the cross, he can forgive me. And because of the cross, I can forgive. Because of the cross, he can look at the cross and his wrath can be satisfied against Ed House because a price was paid for that sin. I can look at the same cross and my wrath can be satisfied and say, that sin was paid for. Jesus suffered for that sin. And I forgive even as I've been forgiven. This is not an emotional experience. This is faith. You're forgiving by faith. And I say, okay, Lord, but they did this and they said that. And in in the same way, when when you confess sin and you say, Father, I said this, I did this, that ugliness of it, confess it out, the graphic ugliness of it, and get it into the grace of God. It's out of your soul and into the throne of grace where there's mercy and grace in that time of need. Same way when people sin against you. Lord, they said this, they did this, they were wrong. And they're doing things, but Lord, all that ugliness that they've done against me, that was on the cross too. Lord, I see it on the cross. I see every wrong word. I see every wrong thing spoken. Everything that was done wrong to me, it is right there. And even as the cross is sufficient for your wrath, that cross is sufficient for my wrath. So I will give place to wrath. Because of the cross, vengeance is yours. You repay in the way you see. If there's a sowing to the flesh, they will of the flesh reap corruption that has, in a way that has nothing to do with me, all right? It's just the, the way it is. But Lord, I trust you in that situation to do the right thing. The God of all the earth will do right. And I commit that situation to you in Jesus' name. And I'm ready to go on. Praise God. The cross can do what I can't do when it comes to my sin, and the cross can do what I can't do when it comes to other people's sin. The cross was sufficient for God on behalf of me. The cross is sufficient for me on behalf of who's ever sinned against me. The pressure's on the cross. It's not on my head. It's not on my ability to forget. It's faith. It's faith in that grace. Jesus did it. He bore it. He didn't just bore it on my behalf. He bore it for me for those who sinned against me as well, too. It's a, it's a double blessing for me. Praise God. It gets you not free just from guilt and shame, but it gets you free from bitterness, too. It handles both sides of the equation of sin. That's all I can do. 
I can come to that place and receive that forgiveness and mercy to help in time of need. And even as that song was saying, you know, we're new. If any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he's a new creation, new creature altogether. The old previous moral spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. Yes, in my body, I still technically have the body of a sinner. My body has not been changed yet. I belong to God, but I don't have the spirit of a sinner. I have a new, I have a new created human spirit. When Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, he said, you must be born again. He's talking about that inward man. He's talking about that part of you. Now, again, this is not a feeling thing, all right? You can look at that and be emotionally inspired by that, and it'll last you for about five minutes. But when you begin to remember, to remember who you are, it's like the old Lion King, Simba, remember who you are. Remember who your father is. Remember who you are. There is a very deliberate exercise of remembering. I'm, I'm not, I'm not remember, you know, again, it's, it's kind of a play on words. I'm not saying remember to forget. It's not that at all. It's not a figure-wagging religious thing. Remember, you got to forget. No, it's remembering to forget, all right? Remembering to forget. And walk in the Spirit so you don't fulfill the lust of flesh. Remembering who you are. Because the other thing about sin is it also, when we yield to sin, it reinforces an identity of sin. Thank God there's forgiveness and there's mercy and there's compassion and there's the love of God, but there's also a reigniting of our identity back. It's not just receiving forgiveness and, and, and mercy. We need that, step one. But we also need to re regain our identity. I still am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Like what the Apostle Paul said, reckon yourself to be dead unto sin. You don't need it anymore. What, satisf what satisfies that guy is not sin. It's the things of the Spirit. This brings us full circle back. Walk in the Spirit. You don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And then um, finally, just remembering too what Jesus said, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. And this is the one that I just really want to close out when it comes to the remembering part of it. No matter what you're going through, you're not alone. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, at that moment, you went from being from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. When you were in the kingdom of darkness, you were alone in a way, spiritually alone, in a way that you experienced a profound difference when you received Christ. There was a sense of his love and of his grace and of his presence. And right now here, you will never be alone again. If you're a Christian, you will never be alone again, ever. Nothing can separate you from his love. He abides with you forever, even at the point of death. It's not just your spirit that leaves your body. It's you and the Holy Spirit who leave your body. You leave together. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And these things can be more or less real to us depending on stirring, if we stir these things up and we intentionally remember them. These things are beautiful, they're wonderful, they're true. And this is where, I was going to close this point with this. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we do wrestle against powers and principalities, those roars, those suggestions in our heads. But when it comes to the remembering, and again, this is where it's such a, a key point, because it can be really great or it can be really, really difficult because 
when it comes to this inflection point of remembering, we're remembering the Word of God. We're remembering that we're not alone. We're remembering that we are new creations. But at this inflection point of remembering, this is where we have to make a decision. Because when you're at the point of remembering, this is where um, the enemy tries to discourage us in a powerful, in a very, in a way that can keep us down for a while. Because as you're remembering, it's not just remembering, oh, I feel bad. Oh, that's right. God loves me and God's for me. It's, it's not that simple. There are other voices you're contending with. All right? You can remember, oh, I'm a new creation in Christ. Yeah, really? Well, come on. How many times have you missed it there? How many times? Are you really a new creation in Christ Jesus? You know, it's almost like in the garden. Has God really said? There's this questioning. The questioning of the promises of God. Is he really still with you? Is he really? And this is where things will tip one way or the other because we're called to wrestle against powers and principalities. But when we listen to those voices, we can find ourselves wrestling against the promises of God. Is that really true? Well, if that's really true, then there's going to be some inflection points of faith. Is he, is he, you know, is he still really with me? Has he forgiven me? I don't feel forgiven. I, I know the Bible says, but I don't... And you can say, and, and pretty soon, you know, you're bringing the promises into captivity to the obedience of how you feel. Or you're bringing the promises into captivity to the obedience of what you've experienced instead of bringing powers and principalities into captivity to the obedience of the word, okay? I just want to bring this out. You can preach it in clean lines, bad, good, but the reality is there's a warfare, and there's going to be some decisions of faith that are private, personal, epic moments between you and God. When you're going to say, I know how I feel. I know what I saw, but it is written. And I'm going with your word, Lord. And these are times when we even need to speak it out and to declare it. I'm coming boldly to the throne of grace. Lord, there is mercy and there is grace to help me. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm not giving up on that. I'm not letting go of that. I really am new. The old really has passed away. The fresh and new has come. It's not because I did or didn't have a good devotion time today. It has in Christ. You really are with me. I'm in the valley of the shadow of death. You're with me. I believe that. These are some inflection points. We're talking about forgetting and remembering. This is where the battle is. But this is where we're heading into the new year with the sin issue back on the cross. From here and here over into here, there's nothing that can diffuse sin but the cross and the grace of God. We aren't built in ourselves to handle this. you got to, by faith, get it on the cross again, afresh, anew, and remember who we are. And then finally, there's a reaching for things ahead. You know, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded with so great a 
cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I love that. You see how Paul had a prize that was set before him. It's like, man, Paul went through some stuff too. Read 2 Corinthians chapter 11 if you want that whole full checklist of what it was. I mean, a night in the deep. I mean, betrayed, stone left for dead, whipped multiple times. This guy, this guy had some marks on his body, on his back. And yet, you know, we, we know the story too when he was in Philippi too, how they threw him in jail, they whipped him, beat him. Midnight hour, center, you know, in the center of the jail where it didn't smell good, he's fasting, they're worshiping God. He's not feeling sorry for himself, he's just worshiping God. How do you do that? How do you not? Come on. How do you not just give yourself a couple minute pity party or something? But this guy just had a prize. There was a prize that distracted him in a good way that kept him in the upward call zone. And this is something that I see. We see Jesus too. Look at the suffering of our Lord, the humiliation. Come down from the cross. He saved others. He can't save himself. We'll believe you. What a wimp. Look at that crown on thorns on his head. I mean, just blaspheming our Lord. Blaspheming. Cover him with the, with the hood and then beat him with sticks and then say, prophesy. Who's the one who hit you? That's really sad. That's really unbelievable. But he went through all that stuff. But what does it say? It says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. There was something that he didn't stop and take time to make it the center of his life. He was able to keep looking past and going as he was seeing that prize. And I think that was, again, the, the key to the Apostle Paul's success to realize, man, I have a I have an upward call. I've got a prize here. And this is what we got to remember. We have a Savior. It's not like He just died on the cross and just left us to ourselves. No. He ever lives to make intercession for us. There's that throne of grace that we actively come and obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. That means in the spectrum of your faith, where it started and where it's at, He is actively engaged with you right now in working out your faith. This is why it's important to listen to the wind and the Spirit. When you're hearing from the Spirit, you're hearing from Jesus. Jesus said, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He won't speak on His own authority. It sounds like Jesus when He was on the earth. I don't speak on my own authority. I just say what I hear the Father say. Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, He won't speak on His own authority. He'll take what I give Him and speak it unto you. So when you're getting stuff from the Holy Spirit, that's the finisher of your faith speaking. That's your Lord speaking to you. Those, those impressions, those promptings that you get by God, get by His Spirit, those are precious. That's Him finishing your faith. It's important to know that as we're reaching forward, that He, he is there in a powerful way. Also, um, that other reaching forward, since you now have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at Christ's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of the earth, for you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. You know, like we were saying before, forgetting is not an exercise of repressing, you know, bad, 
hurtful memories. It's a proactively going after the truth that we're called to remember. And there's power in that truth that sets us free from the law of sin and death, that sets us free from the pain of the past because there's a joy that is set before us that provides and ministers healing to us. And what this scripture is talking about is talking about that forward look. There's so many promises in Christianity. If you just read the, the, the New Testament and you were just to put a bunch of scriptures in a bucket, a lot of them would fall into this bucket right here. Setting your mind on things above. You know, when you turn on the TV, there's a lot of channels you have to choose from. When there's different things that you can look at, and, and we can all enjoy stuff, enjoy life. I enjoy a lot of different things and, and whatnot too that are, that are great, that are not bad, but moderation, of course, and different things like that. But I, I hear the Holy Spirit sometimes. Maybe you do too. It's like, I could watch this or could watch this. It's like, I'm kind of spiritually weak right now. I could probably use this more than this. You know, it's like, sitting at the table, it says, I could eat this or I could eat this, you know? There's good decisions that you can make with the food we put in our mouths, and there's also good decisions that we can make with the things that we set our mind on, you know? Like I've said before, it's good to watch news and stay informed, but when you're there and you're wanting to call down fire on your TV set because you're so mad, you need to step away from the TV set. You need to, you need to be able to go back into that place of the grace of God, setting your mind on things above, getting that, that perspective. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of the earth. It, again, it doesn't mean that we're ignorant or we don't know how to pray or we're not aware you know, in, in, a, in a productive, good way, but we're not consumed by the things of the earth. We love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our strength. And that's what I'm just praying for us this year, Setting our mind on things above, the realities of heaven, what does that look like? Man, begin to pray about that. Say, Lord, show me what that means for me for 2024. What are some of the different ways? There's so many ways. Coming to church is a great way. Listening to godly worship music is another great way to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Reading the Word of God, of course, is a powerful way. But there's fellowship. There's interaction with each other. There's things that we can engage in activities, events that are going to force us to set our mind on things above. Man, those are powerful. That's why I'm excited about our new youth group that we've got going here too. It's just, and, and I love so much the way Patrick and Christina challenge our young people. You know, it's not just listening to a preacher lecture. It's getting together. It's having small groups. It's hashing over some stuff. It's thinking about it. It's working through different things like that. Getting into some atmospheres that'll challenge you to think spiritually. Think about what you believe and stir it up. The cool thing about it is, is you, you, can, you can start out by thinking, oh, that, you know, your flesh, the scripture says, the spirit lusts against the flesh, the flesh against the spirit. They're contrary one to the other so that you can't do the things that you desire. What does that mean? It means the things of the flesh are boring to the spirit and the things of the spirit are boring to the flesh because there's no satisfaction there. And that can also be a good barometer of where you are. Am I in the flesh or am I in the spirit? And those are things that we all, all of us, have to continue to watch. The Apostle Paul said, I, I die daily. I keep my body under. As he said, I am not perfected. If you've got a body, one of these, yet yeah, it hasn't been changed. It will one day. It'll be fashioned like unto his glorious body. But for the here and now, it's something that we, we take seriously. And this is where we're, we're keeping our mind on things above. There's an appetite for spiritual things. 
Finally, I just want to leave you with a little story. And one you may have heard before. Now it happened as they went, entered a certain village that a certain woman named Martha welcomed him, Jesus, into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. I love this story. The story for me is like a spiritual oil change. I needed at least every good 12,000 miles or three months, whichever comes first. This is a reminder that we all need. You know, what is, what is this a picture of? This is a picture of Mary listening. You know, it's one thing to pray and to read, but this is a picture of listening keeping your ears open to what the Spirit of God is saying. This is a picture of fellowship. Fellowship isn't just one way, it's two ways. You know, we're, you can be a Christian and not be in fellowship with God, right? I mean, you can, as married people, we know this, you can be in covenant with somebody but not necessarily be in fellowship with them. I mean, great that you're in covenant, but it takes an effort to maintain fellowship within that covenant. Us too, with our Lord. There's a sweet fellowship. And there is something about when you're in fellowship with God and you know you're in fellowship with God, that's everything. You know you're listening. You're not afraid to listen to what he's going to say next. So many times that's one of the reasons we, we'd rather do the dishes instead. We'd rather run around the kitchen instead. I don't want to confront things because I'm afraid of what I might hear. I'm afraid of what he might tell me to do. I'm afraid to open my ears because he might say this or do that. This is something we need to remember about our Lord as we're sitting at his feet. I think one of the great things to remember is the instruction he gave us. If I am wrong, if I do need to be corrected, if there is something that he does want to change, what does he tell us? He says, if you see a brother who's overtaken in a fault, you who are spiritual... Go to one in a spirit of meekness, considering yourself. He says, come unto me, all you who labor under heavy lead. I'll give you rest. I am meek. I am lowly in heart. There is no one who knows what you can bear and how to speak to you more than your Lord. And so we can go to his feet, and we can open our ears, and we can listen, knowing that's the way he is. He's kind. He's tender. The wisdom that's from above, it's pure, it's peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, to hear, without partiality, without hypocrisy, full of mercy and good fruits, sown in peace. In other words, I don't have to run away from his feet. I can run to his feet, mess and all. And sometimes you're there in a mess, and you don't need your mess just wiped away right away. What you need is just to reestablish fellowship. That's more important than even getting your mess wiped out. You know, somebody could do something to wipe out your mess, but if you're not in fellowship with God, you're still in trouble. You're still out there guessing. But when you're in fellowship with God, you're not guessing anymore. You're perceiving things. And again, this is where your personal relationship with Jesus is personal, between you and him. But he calls us, to be at his feet. What is this? This is the reaching forward. 
This is that pressing in. I'm pressing in to that throne of grace, but I'm pressing into fellowship. Yeah, I got my stuff, and I want things fixed, but I want, first and foremost, I want to be in fellowship with God. I want to put down the pots and the pans, and I want to sit at his feet, and I want to make that time for him. Because that's where direction's going to come. You know, God can just speak one word to you in that place of fellowship, and you know that word is God. And when you hear from God and you heard something from God, all of a sudden there's a bunch of things that can't be true anymore. He hasn't forgotten about you. You're not a hopeless case. It's not too late. God is speaking to you. Go for it. Go for what God is, go with what God is calling you to do. So this morning, the upward call. There's two things that comprise this upward call. There is an active forgetting those things that are behind. Again, this is not your inability to recall as a human being. We can all recall the stuff, right? I mean, even the Apostle Paul, when he told his testimony, right? He, was rec- he told his testimony several times in the book of Acts. You can go ahead and read it. He was recalling all the junk that he did. So it wasn't his inability to forget what he did in the past, right? But he didn't let that stuff beat him up. In fact, he turned around it and used it as part of his testimony for the glory of God. So the Apostle Paul understood that there's an act of forgetting those things that are behind by remembering the goodness of God, remembering what he's done for you, and then that reaching for things ahead, setting our mind on things above. Praise God. What am I doing? I'm tuning in. I'm tuning into heaven. I want to tune in fresh this year and get the mind of the Spirit for my life and what he wants, what, what he wants me to do, what he wants for us to do this year. Well, Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for just the precious Word of God, the Spirit of God. We're so glad that we've got the, the strength of your Word. Lord Jesus, we're so glad too for how you put it that heaven and earth can pass away, but a jot or tittle of your Word can never pass away. Jesus, we thank you for the power of your word, the written word of God that we can go to. We have a compass in this crazy world that can show us our true north, where we point to, what's really right, Father God, an authority that comes from above, that's not of man, but that's of God. We thank you, Lord, for the authority of the Spirit of God, for the precious Holy Spirit sent to lead and guide us into all truth, Go ahead and make this a declaration of faith if your heart can agree. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that like the Apostle Paul, I have an upward call and I'm going to do that one thing, forgetting those things that are behind. My sin issues, the sins I've committed, the sins committed against me, I have an answer. It's the cross. I remember that the cross cleanses and forgives. The cross takes the wrath of the injustice. I thank you for the cross. I let the cross this year help me to forget those things that are behind and I reach ahead, I look unto you, Jesus. I set my mind on things above, and I sit at your feet. I'm ready to hear your words speak into my life. Lead and guide me. 
You are a good shepherd. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. We'll receive that this morning. You know, again, just kind of a refresher message, I think, as we're all getting ready to head into 2024 here and have our celebrations and whatever your consecrations might be for the new year. God will give you grace for all those too. But, you know, the main thing is, is, is realizing that he's with you, that he loves you, that you can go into 2024 and you don't have to drag the sin of 2023 or the bitterness of 2023 into it. But that can be let go right there. You don't have the ability to do it. God did in Christ, though. That's what he did for us. Amen. Praise God.